This morning, we're going to continue our series as we've been looking at some of the stories in Christmas that remind us of truths about God's gift to us. And one of the gifts is in Jesus Christ, this king who would come, this gift of a savior who would reign. And today we're going to look at the wise men who sought out God's providential gifts and saw God moving in their lives. So let's see the gift that is in that story. Let's pray together. Father, we do ask that you would speak to us, that you would give us uh, from your word uh, truths for us to understand, things that change and alter our lives, reminders of your grace. God, your word is a gift to us. Help us stop and remember and contemplate all that you're wanting to show us and teach us as you transform us into the likeness of your son. We pray these things, asking in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning, um, I don't know, uh, it's right after uh, Christmas here, and did you get any of those gifts perhaps that you were looking for? Did you get any uh, things, any surprises under the uh, Christmas tree? I don't know if that's a tradition in your family. My wife's family always would open Christmas Eve presents, and then my family would open Christmas morning presents. So I thought once I married into my wife's family, boy, what a joy. I got two days of Christmas and everybody else gets one. Uh, but I, I don't know if you've got a favorite gift. Do you get those practical gifts? You know, the socks, the t-shirts, anybody like yeah, get those a new belt. I asked for a new belt this year. I need a new belt. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm not going to explain why, um, but I think I, I need a new belt this year. Those unexpected gifts, those are kind of fun, right? The ones that are of sentimental value, those are great. I'll tell you what's really weird are those providential gifts. You know those gifts that all of a sudden have like an extra kind of place like oh gosh they gave me some Christmas meats and all of a sudden someone showed up for lunch today and I didn't have oh but we do have something to prepare right oh those Christmas cookies and oh all of a sudden I, or I remember one year the tools that I got from uh, some of my uh, guys I just gotten married around Christmas time and uh, they'd given me a set of tools as a young married man and oh boy the car broke down and oh this thing broke in the house and I was sure glad I had those tools those gifts that kind of just seem to be sort of providential almost. They just sort of like be almost like God's gift to me in the way it all worked together. Well, we've been looking over the last month in the book of Isaiah, how there's certain prophecies that God has given to us. And there's an interesting one that we sometimes think, well, is this really about the Messiah? But as we've seen in those Isaiah uh, in the 40s and 50s, what are called the servant songs, they really do point to Jesus. And listen to this one in Isaiah 52 beginning with verse 22. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow and every tongue will swear. What is God talking about? Well, so often we want to look to everywhere else. How are we going to figure out our political situations? How are we going to figure out our economics problems? How are we going to figure out our own personal life crisis or figure out what we're going to do and go how to go to school and where are we going to find friends and how can we make everything work? Turn to me, God says. 
all of the earth and be saved. That God alone is our Savior. That God alone has a plan. And he is working things out just as it said in the song we just sang. Joy to the world. He makes the nations prove this truth. That he and he alone is God. And in him and him alone is salvation. Well, the story he's given us of that is really the story of the Magi, the story of the wise men. And you maybe remember this uh, in your Christmas sort of story. We sort of often put them right there in the nativity, but the truth of the matter is the wise men probably were not there the night of Jesus' birth. They came a little bit later. They came up to two years later, um, and God had been working in them. Listen to what it says in the Gospel of Matthew. After Jesus was born, not when he was born, but after, some time after, almost up to two years, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the reign of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We have seen his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now that might just seem like sort of a flowery language of the Christmas story. After Jesus was born, Magi from the east came. And we tend to read it that way. We tend to think about it that way. But this was actually something that was very concrete in history, that we can see that this is the time of Herod. These Magi, our wise men, were legitimate, real people that we saw. They were in the Parthian kingdom, and before that, the Persians, and before that, the Babylonians. They all looked at this special cast of people that were called the Magi. Who were they? Well, they were Persians. They were those who gazed up at the stars. They were into prophecies and astrologies. Not that God wants us to look at the horoscope, by the way. That, that, this is not what we learned from this lesson. But that God was working through the beliefs and customs of these people who studied um, prophecies and scriptures from other places. And they were advisors to kings and emperors and rulers. Well, these magi happened to be very influenced, we know by the Jewish diaspora, by the scattering of the Jewish people. That people, and if you remember your Old Testament stories, do you remember guys like Daniel? Anybody remember like Daniel in the lion's den? Anybody hear that story? I remember that one. Some of, you, some of my young ones are like, yeah, I remember that one. Daniel was out there and he spoke about a coming king, a coming Messiah. And he was one of these people who was put in these wise men category in the kingdoms of Babylon and Persia. It says in the time of those kings, this is a prophecy of Daniel, in the time of those kings, God of heaven will set up, guess what, a new kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those other kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will endure forever. There were reputations about a coming king and a coming kingdom that would come from the Jewish people. This was well known in throughout the Middle East, throughout this time period. And so they also may have read a prophecy like this in Daniel chapter 7. These wise men may have read this one day. It said, he, this coming king, was given authority and glory and sovereign power. And all of the nations, every one of them, every language would worship him. His dominion would be an everlasting dominion that would never pass away. And his kingdom would last and be one that will never be destroyed. These wise men were familiar with prophecies that said there was going to come a king who was going to bring a new kingdom, and that kingdom would last forever. And, and people from every tribe, every language, all 
all over the world would end up worshiping and honoring this king. Did you guys notice my tie today? This is one of my favorite ties. It's got flags from all the nations. In the book of Revelation, there's a picture I've been given of people from every tribe, every language, every tongue, scattered throughout the whole world. Uh, they're all gathered worshiping Jesus. And it says there won't be a single tribe or people or language missing. They will all be there in a giant choir, a giant chorus, giving praise to God. That tells us that God loves all people. Every single one of us is special. And that God has called all of us to know him. So here were these magi. They didn't grow up uh, worshiping at the temple. They didn't grow up hearing the stories of Moses and Abraham. They didn't grow up as the people of God. But God loved them so much that he put in the literature that they were studying, in the, in the stories that they had heard, in their own culture, they knew that there was a Messiah King coming. Did you know that God is at work all around the world today? He is working in people's lives. He is working through the songs. He is working through the Christmas stories. He's working through the movies that we watch at Christmas time to start drawing people back to a Messiah King. A kingdom that began with Jesus and is still here right now, today. Because it will never fade. Well, these magi began in this providential act of God with this gift of these prophecies, and they went to go look for this Messiah King. And I want you to see five gifts that God had given to these messiahs. These five gifts that helped them find Jesus. The first was a star. Did you hear about it? The first was a star. You read it just a second ago after Jesus was born. It said magi from the east came to Jerusalem. This was verse 1. Uh, and they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose. If we skip down to verse 9, it talks again that after they had heard what the king said, uh, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now, Bible scholars and astronomers and have often contemplated what exactly was this Christmas star. Because we can look to the heavens and people who study uh, astronomy can say, well, what kinds of things could have been this Christmas star? Some think it was Halley's Comet. It, might, it could have been. Um, it was a few years earlier than what we think Jesus was born, but maybe Jesus was born a little earlier than we thought. It could have been Halley's Comet. Some believe uh, that it was uh, some of the planets aligning, like Jupiter and Saturn. Everybody remember last year? Everybody made a big deal about that, and I got out there with my binoculars. I, I, I couldn't quite see what was going on, but I tried. I tried. Um, maybe some believe it was a supernova. Uh, that had been exploded, didn't last a long time, but lasted just long enough to guide these, these wise men. We're not exactly sure what the Christmas star was, but God, in his knowledge of all things, made sure that this star lined up exactly at the right time, that these astrologers believed that this was a sign that the king had been born, and that God used this star to guide those wise men that he cared about to a knowledge of his son. God can use anything. 
In fact, in Psalm 19, it says this, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech and night after night, they reveal knowledge. It's so interesting how many ways God brings people to himself. Those of you guys that like movies know that I like movies. I enjoy them all. My wife and I had a friend over. We watched several movies over after the final exams, and we began to talk about how those movies pointed to Jesus. Even though those movies weren't about Jesus, even though those movies weren't intended to be about Jesus, this non-Christian friend and I began to talk about, hey, did you see that? Boy, that sure does seem like a Messiah sacrifice person. Boy, that sure does seem like the Christian story, doesn't it? And we began to talk a little bit about it. God can use movies, God can use nature, God can use all things to tell about his son Jesus. Because God wants all people to know about Jesus. Now here's one that I don't know if you're going to believe me, but it's in the story. Did you notice number two, God used politicians. (laughs) I know, it's amazing to me too. I mean, maybe that's the Christmas miracle as well. But look at this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it says, during the time of King Herod. A couple things we need to realize is this, throughout ages, has marked this in a specific time period. So that we know that this isn't just a story that was sort of made up. This isn't just a story to tell, uh, to tell a fable. This is a story that is connected to history. But it was when he came to Herod that the wise men were given specific directions about the specific town where Jesus would be born. Herod was a key player. Not only that, but the Persians served another king. These Persian magi served uh, in the Parthian kingdom, and they were allowed to go on this journey with gifts. Somehow, the rulers allowed this to happen. God used politicians. This was during the time of King Herod. Look again at verse 1 and 2. Born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod. Now, King Herod was just the local governor. King Herod was one that was known as one who was very, very paranoid. He was one that was honestly um, so paranoid that he eliminated some of his own sons as rivals to his power. He was kind of on the crazy end. But this King Herod was so obsessed with keeping his own power that he was actually very helpful to the wise men because he himself wanted to find this king, not because he wanted to worship him, because he wanted to end any threats to his own reign. His wickedness, God still used to bring the wise men to Jesus. God can use politicians, whether they have good intentions or bad, whether they are self-motivated or motivated by the good of the people. God can use everyone. We as Christians need to respond. And look what it says in Romans chapter 12. So let us be subject to uh, the governing authorities. Uh, Chapter 13, verse 1 uh, of Romans. Let us be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except that which God has established. Uh, Romans 13. Uh, Except the the authorities that God has established. Oh, you don't have that slide. I keep looking, I keep thinking, oh, interesting. All right. How about John 19? You don't have that one either. All right. Hmm, some of the slides didn't go through. Uh, That may have been something that I forgot to do. All right, then I'll read these and you can listen. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Let the authorities that exist have been established by God. 
Paul tells us in uh, 2 Timothy that we are to pray for all of those who are in authority. And Jesus said, when he was before Pontius Pilate, he said, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Sometimes we get very upset about politics and politicians. But this year, I think I want to remember that God's providential hand is working all things to bring people to himself. And he is using government and authorities and powers, not just in the United States, but all around the world. Things that are seem to be against Jesus end up actually being for Jesus. I have some friends, uh, very close friends of mine, uh, that have been serving God as missionaries. They served in a country uh, in East Asia uh, that is very close to the gospel. And this government has been very, very active in trying to eliminate all of the missionary presence that's in this country. And the government won. The government succeeded. They have kicked out all, they, you know, they broke into some computer things, they found out who was connected to who, and they have gotten missionaries by the th- you know, thousands, there's a lot of them in this country, and have gotten them all out of the country. They're all scrambling. Oh no, has somehow the kingdom of God been thwarted? Well, we only have to take a little look at history. And in this particularly large country, um, there were actually a very big missionary movement years and years ago, and I'm talking about a hundred or so years ago. The Europeans and the Americans sent lots of missionaries to this country. In fact, Lottie Moon, when our Lottie Moon Christmas offering is named after a woman who was a missionary in this country. And when the communists took over, they kicked out all of the missionaries. Well, here's what we need to realize. While the missionaries were there, there weren't very many Christians. Only a few people became Christians. And the missionaries kept working and kept teaching and kept proclaiming. And a few people understood the message of Jesus, but it wasn't many. But once this communist regime came and cracked down, once this regime came and began to persecute Christians, Christianity exploded. And all of a sudden, more and more people began to put their faith in this Messiah. More and more people became Christians. And as the country became more oppressive, the gospel spread even more. It's counterintuitive. It doesn't make any sense. But God's kingdom can't be stopped. God's kingdom can't be thwarted. God uses politics and regimes and countries, even those that might be opposed to the good news of Jesus bring people to Christ. The refugee crisis that's around the world, moving people in and out of nations, may be a way to move people in and out of exposure to the good news of his son. Not only does he use politics, but I want to see the third providential gift is the providential gift of the prophecies. The providential gift of the prophecies. In Matthew chapter 2, it says this, When King Herod uh, heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of law, he asked them, where is this Messiah who is to be born? Notice what Herod did. He called together the chief priests, the teachers of the law. And in Matthew chapter 2, in in verse 5, it says, in Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers, for out of you will come a ruler who will will shepherd my people Israel. 
In Matthew chapter 2, we see that these teachers of the law were quoting, right, from the Old Testament and quoting from Micah saying, it told us already exactly where this, prophet, this Messiah King would be born, in Bethlehem, in Judea, for that's what the prophet had written, Matthew chapter 2. The next one of the providential gifts were really the gifts of the Magi were really the gifts of the Magi themselves. In Matthew chapter 2, it says, On coming to the house, they saw the child where, the lay, where his merry mother had bowed down and worshipped. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of frankincense and of myrrh. A lot of people make a, a very big deal about these different gifts and about the different things that the Magi presented. What do you bring a king what do you bring a Messiah? What do you bring uh, someone who would rule the nations and who would transform kingdoms? I don't know if I've got anything. In fact, my wife and I haven't made it to see our families yet. Don't tell them. I don't hope they're not listening. We haven't exactly got all the gifts yet. Uh, they might get something at one of those gas stations along the way. Hey, that, that, that looks nice. I don't, I'm a little nervous on some of this on some nieces and nephews. We haven't really planned this out too well. What do you bring? I don't think they brought just anything. They brought treasures of gold, of frankincense, of myrrh. Things that were fit for a king. Things that were to honor this King Jesus. I appreciate the gifts that these young people brought to us today. Thank you so much for your talents of music. Just to worship Jesus. To say, look, we have a gift that we can bring. We're bringing ourselves. We're bringing a gift. But you've got to realize... That the gift that we bring to God is not just for the Lord. It's for how he's going to use them. You see, they are providential gifts. They are actually something that God is working all things together for the good of those who know him and are called according to his purpose. God is bringing this together in a way that we could never comprehend that surprises us. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 2. When they had gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Wait, what? That crazy King Herod was out to kill Jesus. That crazy King Herod wanted to end any threat to his own throne. And so an angel came from God. That's another providential gift. This angel came from God to say, Joseph, time to go. Time to go right now. Get up. Let's go. Pack. Don't get up. Don't, you don't have time to pack. Let's go. We're going tonight. And Joseph escapes with Mary and Jesus that night. Now, I don't know if you've ever had to get up and go and be on the run really quickly. Certainly I haven't. i got to get packed today <coughs> to go to Texas, and it'll take us an hour or two. I mean, you know, you, oh, did you forget this? Did you forget this? And, you know, I've gotten to a point where I don't even stress out because guess what? They have Walmarts in Texas just like they have Walmarts here. If I forget something, I can go buy it there, right? I'm sure glad that Joseph and Mary and Jesus had some cash, gold, frankincense, myrrh, costly treasures that if you have to uproot today and move to a different country, they moved to Egypt, they had to make a run for it right then that night that God had already provided. 
They didn't have credit cards. They had to have something else, something that they could barter with, something they could buy a new place to live, something that they could get food for a while, something so they could get settled in this new country. They needed to be able to make a move. And the wise men's gifts provide, we don't have a record that that's what they were used for, but I'm pretty, pretty sure that if that, that seemed to be a providential gift of God, that it was the right thing at the right time. How many times have I been completely stressed out? How many times have I been completely worried? How many times have I been so upset? Like, how is this going to work out? How will we have enough money? How will uh, there be enough resources? Not just for my own life, but for the church as well. How is this going to work out? And i got to be honest, for 2022, I've got no idea. But I know a God who's got a plan. Are you trusting God this next year? That his provision will be there at just the right time. That what you need, his uh, plans will be there. The Apostle Paul says it this way in the book of Philippians. uh, That he knows that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. God, thank you for that help on that exam. Lord, thank you for that person who came into my life at just the right time. Thank you for that stranger who just happened to be there. God, thank you for that. Let's thank God in advance. And finally, we need to be thankful for these providential dreams. We just saw the one that Joseph had, but it says also in Matthew chapter 2 that having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The wise men were warned in this dream to go back a different way, not to go back in the way they come, but to go back in a different way, that they would go and they would find (laughs) a different route home. Why? Because the Lord is always giving us guidance. He is speaking to his people. Trust the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs says. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths. As we get ready, have those little year in review, start making our New Year's resolutions, I think I want to look back and say, God, you have been sovereign in bringing about what you intended. Remember our passage in Isaiah? That every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that God is God? That is God's intended purpose. He is going to work out his plans. In Philippians chapter 2, it says that about Jesus, that being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted Jesus to the highest place, that at the name of Jesus, the Messiah King, every knee would bow uh, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. (laughs) He's going to finish his work. God's got a plan. He's going to give the gifts he needs to give to accomplish his purpose in history, to bring every nation, every tribe, every people uh, to know his son. So for those of you that are followers of Jesus, I have this question. Three, actually. Are you trusting God's I don't mean like experiencing it. I mean trusting in God's plan. Are you obeying his guidance? He's speaking. He's telling us where to go. Are we saying yes? 
And number three, are you expecting God's provision? I don't know where this is going to come from. I don't know where the answer is going to come from. I don't know where God's provision is going to come from this time. But are you expecting that God will provide? He provided some music leadership today. Thank you, guys. Where is God's provision for next week? Maybe you are part of that provision for this church. If you're not part of this church, maybe this is where God is calling you to put your life and use your talents and gifts. Maybe you're part of the provision. Maybe you are part of the God's provision in somebody else's life. Maybe it's giving money or giving a ride or serving in a million different ways. What is your role to serve? Finally, this morning, I want to ask those of you that don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never said yes to him. God has been working out history to bring you into the relationship with himself. He has sent his own son to die for you that you might find forgiveness and life in his name. Maybe today, maybe today is your day that you thought you were here for some other reason, but God has brought you here today so that you might move from being under God's wrath, being separated from God, to being part of his kingdom, to finding forgiveness in Jesus, to finding life that is in his name. Because God is working out history. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You might as well do it now while you can experience all the joy of what that life is now rather than being separated from him for eternity. Would you respond to Jesus today? If you don't know him this morning we're going to sing one more song it's just as i am it's a confession right it says for us who are people of god that i got nothing i can't control the future i don't have a plan i can't provide for myself much less any of the world but god you you just as i am you will take me you provide you receive me you forgive my sins or it's just as i am God, I don't have any real gift worthy of a king, but I can give myself. You can have all of me. Use me for your glory. Would you, I'll be here at the front. If you want to make a decision to follow Jesus as the worship band comes and leads us in this last song, would you come and respond as God is speaking to you?